you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Welcome back to the Legends Podcast. I am Aeneas Williams. We're here with Michael Vick talking about his fight against recidivism. Listen in. You know, we're going we're gonna to provide jobs, you know, through our housing program. As we build houses for inmates to live in, we're going to hire the fellas to come in and do the welding, the carpentry, to do the painting. You know, so we're going to create this massive platform, you know, and while, you know, men and women are incarcerated, they can look forward to something you know they have to work at it you know it's, it'll be incentive based but if they qualify if they do everything they need to do then they can come out and be a success story in their own right so i think that's very important just for the next generation we also gonna have a youth program um you know where we speak at detention centers and try to catch the kids early before they become a problem and try to you know help steer them in the right direction and you know it, like i said it's, it's not about me anymore it's about helping others you know, my kids got to grow up in this world that, you know, at, at times can be very intricate. And, um, you know, we ask ourselves, like, why? You know, why does this happen? And why does that happen? You, you think some people are crazy. You know, it's just sometimes they just don't have no guidance. And uh, I want to educate as many people as I can. I want to help as many people as I can. But I can't do it by myself. I need the help of others. And if I can affect, you know, 100 people a year, 200 people a year, give them an opportunity in life, then, I can do that over a lifetime. 
and this program can continue to carry on. So it's just something that I'm so excited about, man. I just feel like this would be my greatest accomplishment in life if I could pull it off. And uh, I feel like I'm having the right conversations with the right people who believe in it, uh, who understand it. And, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, there's so many people will be able to say, you know, I contributed to something so great. I think that we, we can all be proud about it. Michael, when when we're players and even current players, my dad makes a statement. He says, son, it's not what people don't know that hurt them. It's what they do know that's not true. Mm-hmm. When you were playing, did you ever have the thought, man, the league doesn't really care about us or once the teams are finished, they don't care. And then you go through your challenge and you talked about the support, Coach Tony Dungeon. You talked about Commissioner Roger Goodell's involvement. You talked about the teams that also gave you another opportunity. Was that a surprise to you how well supported you were, Michael? Uh, it, it wasn't a surprise. It was a surprise with Roger Goodell, and I'll be honest about this because I looked him in his face and I lied about what I had been involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, because I had so much respect for him, and two, because I was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was young at the time, three. But, you know, when I came home and I had an opportunity to recreate the narrative and, and talk to um, Roger and, and show him that I was different and I matured. You know, now I just need an opportunity. That's pretty much all I was asking for. And, you know, with most people, they just don't have anyone that they can turn to and, you know, say, look, I just, just be a crutch for me. Just help me out. Just give me one shot. You know, that shot never comes. Um, and, you know, of course, they can't go out and create it. Um, but I, I felt like the league really supported me when I came, when I came back um, for whatever reason. You know, thank God. But, yeah, it's a lot of guys, maybe 80% of them who retire from the league, their career is over, and they just they don't have anything to do. They don't have anything to fall back on. Now, I think the league does a great job of, creating, of, of the programs that they have getting us ready to transition out of the NFL. But do everybody take that serious? No. You know, do we feel like sometimes it's just passing time? Yes, I'm going to be honest. But those are the things that we really have to pay attention to because it's there for us. You know, we don't always get a coach like Andy Reid, who two years later after I retired, invited me to come do a coaching internship Hmm. with the Kansas City Chiefs. So that was another opportunity I would have had if I hadn't had an opportunity to go and work for Fox as an analyst. Um, So, yeah, everybody don't get those opportunities, man. That's why you got to create your own when you have your own platform. You know, guys need to be educating themselves and thinking, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you know, not about, you know, what's happening right there in the short term for them. Were you surprised by uh, the Falcons owner, Arthur Blank's support, even though you were no longer playing with the team? Was that a surprise to you? How much he really came out to support? No, it wasn't a surprise because one thing I know about Arthur Blank is that he loves me as a, as a man. Hmm. And as a person, more than anything, he loved, you know, my family, you know, um, you know, probably my wife more than he, you know, he loved me because he <laughs> the, the respect, you know, the respect that he thought sure. I had for my wife and sure. what we've been through. And he, he's been there, you know, every step of the way. Um, so it, it didn't surprise me when he, 
he flew in and brought me my favorite dinner from my favorite restaurant, you know, oh, wow. uh, you know, Stony River out in, out in, uh, out in Georgia, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was just thankful and I didn't have a dime in my pocket. I had nothing. I had no mm-hmm. money. I was in bankruptcy. You know, of course, I wanted to say, Mr. Blank, can I borrow a hundred thousand dollars, please? <laughs> I need it. I don't have anything. But, you know, regardless of what I was going through, I always believed in myself and they knew that I would come out on the other side better. It was just a test, you know, and, uh, you know, which going back to my, my prison reform program, it's, it's about trust. You know, can I trust you? Can I trust you to go through the proper steps, to go through all the classes, the curriculums, the pass, to qualify? Then we come out, we'd be a crutch for you for a year. We'll help you out, transportation, housing. You know, can you stay the course and, and not have an excuse at the very end? You know, that's what it's all about. So sometimes you got to give people the opportunity. You got to monitor them and, and make sure that they fall in line with what they say that they're going to commit to. And I believe in that. As, a, as an essential part of the NFL Legends podcast, it's about our guest, our guest journey. You've experienced being incarcerated. Can, can you touch and share with us what was your experience like being in prison? Uh, yeah, I'll break it down. Um, the first month uh, it was just a lot of pain. Um, mm-hmm. You think about everything that, you know, you work so hard for in your life. You think about all the people that you let down and you hurt, um, that you may have lied to. And then you look at your surroundings and say, okay, well, it led to this. And then, you know, it's just this like outpour of feelings and emotions and, you know, a lot of, a lot of tears, a lot of crying and for, for a person of, you know, my stature. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in, you know, public housing and, and it was rough, but I never had to sell drugs or do anything to put myself in a vulnerable situation where I went to prison. So I didn't know what prison life was like. I didn't think it was for me. I never thought it was for me. So I'm looking at myself in a place where it's just, um, uh, unforbidden territory, you know, it's like the, being in a dungeon, you know, when, when you when you walk out that dungeon door, it's like a castle. I'm like, man, I just had everything I wanted in life and now I'm here confined with, you know, I was in solitary confinement by myself, so that made it harder. You know, it was, wasn't any interaction with anyone. Um, for the like whole the time? 60, no, the first 60 days um, wow. until I finally went to Leavenworth Prison Camp, which was more so for me. Um, but it's still, you know, you're locked up with a lot of people and it's just, you know, too many men <laughs> together every day. I just say that, like, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to find ways to entertain, you know, yourself and, and block out the world because that can drive you crazy. So I learned to play chess. I learned to play all types of card games. I learned to play dominoes. Um, found ways. I just spent more time playing chess than anything once I learned. Um, and, and it was a way to just kind of help me uh, continue to think critically every day, keep my mind off the world. And, um, you, you know, but but it, it's tough. It's not it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, you know, as a man, you, you we can handle it, but it's just uh, having to deal with knowing that it's freedom on the other side, which drives you crazy. And um, depending on what you did can make it worse. You see what I'm saying? Like, whatever you did to put yourself in that situation, to be in prison makes it worse. So I did what I did. I'm like, wow, I could have totally avoided that and negated that in my life. I'm here, and and I got to deal with it. And I'm pretty sure every other man in there goes through that, the way they should, right. um, if they have some type of pride. So it's really weird. It's very weird. 
So while there, were you just Michael or were you Michael Vick? <laughs> depending, on who, depending on who walked in the door. So, yeah, yeah. prison is like a revolving door. It's people coming and going. Um, so when you from when I first walked in there, funny story, you know, I walk, I walk in around lunchtime. And, like, it's, like, one of the worst parts of the day. It's, it's like a frenzy in, in, in the chow hall is what they call it. And, um, you know, I walk in there, but it's packed on both sides. And it's not, it's really, it's segregated. It's white side and it's a black side. I'm like, mm. it's, uh, black side is full. You know, I got it. You know, I want to sell on the white side. You know, I don't see color. You know, I wouldn't. And I could just see people whispering. You know, I don't know what they're whispering. I don't know if they're saying, wow, he went and sat with them. Or you know, I just didn't care. I just needed a seat. You know, right. yeah, it's my first day and I'm a little nervous in this thousand people in the, in, the, in the, you know, one area. And I'm like, but I feel like they was looking at me as Michael Vick. And, um, you know, if I was just a normal, you know, if I was the average inmate, you know, without a name, I would have just, I probably would have felt even more comfortable. I was uncomfortable because now everybody's like, there he is. And he sizing me up, you know, I'm not the biggest guy, six feet, 215 right. pounds. I see him saying, Hey guys, whispering. Man, I thought he was bigger than that. You know, <laughs> how, he, how he do all that? And he was he that he that side. So I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm, you know, I'm Mike Vick up in here. I'm Mike Vick, the football player. And then as guys came, you know, and got to know me, I became Mike. And then you know, as I got to know them, you know, as you know, so everybody came in looking at me like, wow, it's Mike Vick. And then they got to know mm. me. It was like, oh, that's that's just Mike. You know, just like us. And I respected that. I appreciated that part of it too because you know, I wasn't I wasn't Mike Vick the football player and I was Mike Vick the man. Wow. I want to move to your just just us system and you have some work that you've done with it in Kansas City. You've also partnered with the city of Atlanta, the mayor's office, and Georgia's Department of Corrections to make an impact against recidivism. Yeah. Talk about the PAT program and its primary focus. Well, the focus is is the youth reform mentorship program, you know, to help juvenile delinquents. You know, that's going to be, you know, a lot of work and, and, and will be, you know, financially supporting uh, formerly incarcerated men and women uh, with rental assistance and, and purchasing, you know, properties for families. In addition, they're partnering with, with private companies to help carry out our, our objectives. Uh, I think that's going to be extremely important. So those, you know, programs that already exist will receive grants from us. Also, they'll receive, you know, whatever help from us that they may need. Um, we don't want to reinvent the wheel with what they're already doing. We just want to kind of fall in line, um, you know, using, you know, like I said, the local agencies, state referrals, you know, the, the prison bureaus will help us out a lot in, in their transitional programs. But um, I, I plan on this program, you know, starting out in Atlanta. Um, we, we started in Atlanta and Virginia, my hometown, um, where I've been uh, in that direct connection with a prison board and, and, and a prison counselor who's kind of helped me put the program together, telling me exactly what's needed. Um, that's how I found out about the housing and transportation part. And, uh, you know, just still creating you know, this whole program where it's a, it's a lot of moving parts and yes, we have to scale it down. Um, but I'm excited with where we're at right now um, because, you know, I, I just know, like I said, man, it's nothing better than helping people. 
Right. And the people who don't have an opportunity. And look, as long as, you know, the crimes, that, and I'm going to be honest, like the crimes just can't be crazy of what they committed. You know, it's, it's people who just need a second chance because, you know, they they might have had, you know, an altercation with somebody or they, you know, might have been shoplifting or quarter charge for whatever reason. You know, that, that don't mean that they don't deserve a second chance. You know, I, right. I think it's up to the prison systems to evaluate these people and make sure that these people are, you know, consciously aware of, of what they of what they did and and how to prevent it moving forward, and uh, know that something is better out there for them on the other side. So, to be able to do this, I, I just continue to tell everybody this would be one of the greatest accomplishments that I ever be involved in. Right. Uh, you know, as we pull this off. So, you know, and it's not about me. I think that's what makes it even more special. As we wind down, I want to highlight a couple of things that I know you've been doing in your efforts to give back at a player level. Talk about being a mentor to younger players. Why is this so important to you? Yeah, I look at this next generation of, of quarterbacks, man. You know, they're all just so special, man. They, You know, it's, it's a mixed bag. They all look different. You know, some look the same, they, some some different. But, you know, they, they have that ultimate respect for, you know, the ones that came before. Mm. And, and they let it be known, and they're not afraid to say it. And it's showing in their game. It's showing in the growth of the game. Like Lamar has a coach that coached me in Philadelphia when I came back the year I bought, I, I won comeback player of the year. His name is James Urban. Oh, wow. And and James had me in Philadelphia. And now he got Lamar in Baltimore. And he, you know, he we, we talked about Lamar. And before he even stepped on the field, he just told me about all his qualities and how he is a person and how he just listened and, and he like, you yeah, got all the qualities that you have. And me and Lamar has spoke a lot um, when he was in college. You know, we used to have long conversations. Really? Um, yeah, we used to have long conversations just about the game. And, and he would ask me questions. And, and like, we would just talk for a long time. He was going through trying to pick an agent and what he should do. And people were trying to, you know, so that whole little, right. and I'm just using that as an example, but. Lamar listened to everything that I said and I didn't have to say anything. I don't have to say anything else to him now. You know, he's a growing young man and he has to go through his experiences. The only thing I never wanted these guys to do was, you know, screw up their opportunity. Like I use myself as an example because I had the greatest platform and then, you know, I fall, I fell from grace, you know, so nothing's more important than your family and what you worked so hard to become in your life. And those guys being, you know, faces of franchises and quarterbacks in the National Football League, you know, every man can't say that. You know, right. it's only it's only about realistically maybe in the history of the sport, maybe five, six thousand people would say they ever lined up behind the center in the National Football League. That might be on a little bit on the high side, but, you know, that means a lot and cherish that and um, don't take it for granted. This is a great opportunity. So I try to mentor them as much as I can on, on what not to do, because I can always praise them on what they're doing right. You know, if I see something wrong, then maybe if I can say something without them, you know, taking it with a form of disrespect, then, you know, it's a sign of a great young man. As we close it out, one of the things that we've had guest speakers to the podcast is talk about their commitment to community service as a legacy building. Mm -hmm. And I would say for you, why is that important? Um, I, I believe in, I just believe in opportunity. I just believe that people don't get it. Some people just don't care. 
I can go back home in the city of New Bonus where I'm from and I can see a lot of people that, you know, just need a little help. You know, they just need a little bit. Um, you know, when I got so much and I got a lot and I look at these people and I'm like, if we can just help implement, um, you know, the boys and girls club, the rec centers down here, refurbish them. And I did one last year where I took the boys and girls club where I grew up and I just, you know, refurbished the whole thing, you know, put computer labs in there, put a game room in there, just made it a place where kids can come and just get off the street. You know, I know how important that was to me. And I did it and I did it last year with the help of, you know, Fox and a couple of responses. And that felt really good. And when I did that, I was like, you know, I want to do more, but I wanted to do more with a purpose, you know, a bigger purpose, because I know adults, men and women can help the kids that they're raising, the kids in the community, you know, generations to come, spread the word. But uh, I just like to, I just like to help people, man. And uh, after doing so many football camps and meeting so many kids and watching them grow up and go off to college, have an impact in their life, and you know, being able to do Thanksgiving giveaways and and Christmas drive, toy drives, and still have people come up to me and say, I appreciate it when you did that, you know, years ago. You gave me my first bike, and I you gave me this, and I'm like, man, that's really cool. Uh, I want to continue to do that for the next 20, 30 years. And as long as I'm on this earth, that's what I always do. You know, it's not about me anymore. I do my part. You know, God will bless me if I can bless others. And that's, uh, you know, that's the longest short of it in days. You know, helping out in the communities, trying to rebuild, help people. Well, we're looking forward to seeing the continued work that you're doing to confront the recidivism and to continue to inspire change. Michael, this has been an amazing podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening in, and the best is yet to come. You couldn't have said it better. Thank you, Anais. I appreciate you, man. You're welcome. Respect. All right. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at NFLLegends at NFL.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. 
It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.